Right now in the Winchester, I can hear the drip, drip, drip of an essential oils infuser. I also have a salt lamp running beside us. I have a giant globe on a table. I have more lights than I should all across the room. The lights are down. It's time that we talk about the song that changed everything. In 1988. Was it just in 1988 that was changed or was it like uh, for all time? For all, well, it, it, it may have spiraled out from 1988. So in a quantum sense, it also altered the time before. In 1988, we heard music that we'd never heard before. And you released Orinoco Flow. Well, I mean, that statement can really be made for anything that was released in 1988, because if we hadn't heard the song before, because it didn't exist, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. And it was Enya's second album, so that actually doesn't even make sense, because she had released. But if you were 11, then perhaps this changed the whole universe. Welcome to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, where we explore the origins of the musical universe when it comes to uh, New Age music from 1988. So we're very excited because we have our friend uh, Nathan here with us to uh, do this podcast. Uh, Nathan has been friends with uh, Bill and I uh, since high school, and uh, well, Nate and I have been friends uh, since elementary school. I think grade three is what we uh, what we came since down third on. grade. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Nathan's a professor in uh, the great state of New York. I do. I, I live in New York. I miss Canada very much, but um, I love my uh, New York home as well. So uh, what uh, are, are we allowed to ask? What uh, what school you're at and what, uh, what you're professor of exactly? Sure. I teach at SUNY Purchase College, which is just in Westchester, just north of New York City. And I teach cinema studies there. Fantastic. This is perfect because Anya has been described as a visual songwriter. Yeah, and uh, her music has been a part of a, a number of soundtracks over, yeah. over the years too. So this right. is uh, this is this is our tie-in here, folks. This is this is where we bring this connection. That's great. Nathan is also a radio personality on our university radio station in the mid to late '90s, and he gave Frank and I our first big break by allowing us some airtime. Yeah, I think was it once every six weeks or so we would uh, we would get onto the Brock University radio station and and talk about wrestling. That's right, the wrestling report. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're welcome. Yeah, we've uh, we, we've we've come a long way since since then. I like to think that I have a small hand in um, making this podcast. Uh, you know, kind of urging you along at a very young age to pursue your interests and in talking to people on the radio. We're on the radio right now, right? Yeah, I think so. This okay. is going out live on uh, what, what station? Are we AM or FM? Definitely feels AM. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> CBC is picking this up. I'm pretty sure.
It's time to dive into the history of Enya. Frank, you must have Wikipedia open in front of you. Oh, I do, but I only have it on the site for this song for Orinoco Flow. I haven't. Uh, let's uh, let's click. Where's 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 the hyperlink here for Enya? Well, luckily, I've uh, Nathan and I have done uh, some research, and um, I remember when friends of mine discovered this in high school, and they would. To, to one-up each other, we would talk about things we knew about Anya that the other person didn't know. Really? Yeah. Uh, Seriously? Uh, yeah. I had I had other friends, guys. That sounds made up. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it, was <laughs> it was Rindell from the church. Really? You oh, guys yeah, talked yeah. about uh, yeah. Anya with each other. It was a, Yeah. Well, he talked more to me, and now I'm passing on his knowledge. The okay. truth was, I, I didn't have the money to buy a bunch of CDs, but he seemed to always have money to buy CDs. He was a pastor's son. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm pretty sure his dad didn't know that he was listening to Enya. Um, so the information that he had about Enya was from the CD that he had. Well, it's before the internet, so I yeah. don't know how I found. But she was in her. She comes from a large family. Yep. Her siblings and her two uncles were in a band or are in a band because they're just on their farewell tour now called Clanid. Yeah, Clanad or Clanad. Oh, yeah. yeah, I should have looked mm-hmm. up the pronunciation. Yeah. Sorry to our Irish listeners. I uh, apologize. I think this is maybe we should do a blanket apology because are, are you going to try to pronounce any of these um, Irish names that we'll have to be using? I think we pr- should yeah, probably try this, to. This is a blanket apology, but we love Ireland. Frank particularly does because he's a quarter Irish. Well, maybe like a 72nd or something like that. But yeah, I, they, they, there's Irish in there somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Okay, back to Clanad. 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 Clanad, I think. Clanad. Okay, we'll, we're going to go with Clanad. And to our Irish listeners, please reach out to us and let us know how to pronounce the things we're trying to do right now. Or your favorite Clanad record. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking that up. She was only on like two albums. She oh, only okay. was in the band from 1980 to 1982. She was... She's the youngest of of her family, and she ended up leaving. Uh, had created differences with them because she wanted to do something a little more adventurous. Well, you know what? I heard something else. Oh, I heard that they wanted to. Clannad wanted to vote Nikki Ryan, who was a sound engineer, out of the band. Yes, and then he voted, and then he was voted out of the band, and he was going to say something like. Enya come with me but he didn't and he waited and then Enya also departed and joined him to make music with him and his wife who is the lyricist for Enya's songs. Correct and uh, one of the Wikipedia pages I opened like (laughs) one of the things when they talked about the vote said that Clannad wanted to get back to making boring music so clearly written by somebody who um (laughs) <laughs> was taking sides. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> I know, I you know, I have a Clannad record uh, called Magical Ring that I, I like. And oh, I think wow. it might be the one, it's, it's. I think it's like 80 or 80, it might be the one that Enya is on. She sings vocals on like two songs. And when oh, you okay. hear it, it just oh. doesn't sound anything like what we would understand Enya to be. Oh, okay. The interesting thing with Enya is, like Nathan brought up, there are really three people who are part of Enya. So you have your your Enya who's writing all the music. Yeah. But then you have Nikki Ryan who's doing the production, which is a major part of the sound. Yeah. And then you have Roma who's writing all the lyrics. Oh, okay. So they're, they're and they've always worked together. It's always been the three of them. Yeah. 
Okay. They're kind of a trio in a way. Yeah. I think Enya makes most of the money, though. And she's super rich. All right. I think we nailed the history of Enya pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's more, though. She got the... the, Nate, you you spent the last few days deep diving into Enya. Anything more you can give us? Um, How the the events that led up to the recording. Yeah. um, Yeah. Well, I guess after... So she got together with uh, Roma Ryan and Nikki Ryan, and they started making music together. And I think they did some soundtrack work uh, for a film called The Frog Prince, like a romantic comedy. And then Enya was asked, or they were asked as a group to record the score for a BBC documentary series called The Celts. And then on the strength of that score, then they were kind of off and running and then made Watermark, Mm -hmm. on which the song that we're discussing today appears, Ornico Flow. Mm -hmm. Did you want to go into more into her background or anything like that? I think we nailed it. I think we, I think we, yeah. I think that's good. We got, yeah, we got her early music career. We got her split from the band, her starts as a solo artist and all that. So, but we didn't try to pronounce her actual name, which is spelled E-I-T-H-N-E. And then there's also some diacritical or marking. I think it's Ethna. It's actually pronounced Enya. Oh. Are we <laughs> no, sure? I, I could be wrong about that. I think it I I think it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah I think they they read said transliteral that's not the word. Anglicized? No. That's uh just tra- It's an anglicized spelling of the actual pronunciation. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting fact is that she spoke Gaelic. Yeah. Is Gaelic the same as Irish? And they say she. I read she spoke Irish, and I read she spoke Gaelic. Well, there, there's Irish Gaelic, there's Scottish Gaelic. Okay, so there's, she's there's Irish very different Gaelic. dialects of, okay. of Gaelic. I think uh, we are getting a we're getting a lot of people angry at us right she, now. She so. didn't. Oh she God, spoke Irish Gaelic until she was 12 years old oh, okay. when she went to boarding school. And it's this is the only story I've heard where someone loved boarding school. She loved boarding school, and she said that's what gave her independence oh, really? and freedom. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of interesting because it kind of takes us into some things that have been more contemporary in her lifestyle choices, I think, right? Yeah. Because she did split from her the band. Her mm-hmm. family's pretty religious from what I gather. Yeah. And she's and she's less uh, stringent in in her sort of Catholicism as her sister. I know this from working at the Christian bookstore when we'd sell her sister's CD. For oh. people who loved Enya, but they were kind of concerned about listening to Enya and what that might do, and they wanted to hear something like Enya, both more. Sp- so they listened to the CD made by Fenya, <laughs> <laughs> my Moya Brennan, who was her sister. Oh, okay. Made a made a solo album called Perfect Time, and it was like a huge it, seller at our it, store. It wasn't called I'm Enya's sister. <laughs> no, she was in Clannad. <laughs> it was a big deal. They did Harry's Game, the song called Harry's Game. Oh, yeah. The theme yeah. From Harry's Game. And they also did the Robin Hood theme from a Robin Hood show in the 80s. Oh, okay. And, wait, Nate, you're a big fan of Last of the Mohicans? Or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, like they, wrote the, they wrote the song, I Will right. Find yeah, You. Yeah, they were on the, yeah, last, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they did, they did fine without Enya. It was interesting, like, actually, after Enya left, both of them found their big success later. Yeah. Well, I don't think Enya liked touring that much either, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Orinoco Flow, 
was the last track they put on the album because they needed an extra song. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, wasn't initially even thought of as a single. I mean, you know, last song, last song, last one picked. I mean, who who's going to think that's going to be your big breakout single, right? It kind of shows to be. I know we're going to talk about the lyrics, but it kind of shows in the lyrics that it's kind of tossed off. Like they're they're just kind of picking places off a of map and incorporating them into a song. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that the strength of Enya is the music and the production. I'm not sure I would say the lyrics are what sells me on Enya. No, particularly on 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 this song too, yeah. right? Because uh, the uh, lyrics section on the Wikipedia page for Orinoco Flow uh, says the lyrics have been uh, likened to an itinerary on the most expensive gap year of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but I do think that the lyrics are important because sailing. Yeah. Yeah. Because sailing is a, um, you know, it's the associations we have with sailing. Christopher Cross had that sailing. Yeah. Sailing. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that song. I think it's it might have been called Sailing. sailing. It's called Sailing. <laughs> um, and so that's, all, I think that was maybe a, a contributing factor to the success of the song. Now, are any of the places that she lists in the song, are any of them uh, landlocked? Uh, I think Khartoum is. How do you sail to Khartoum then? She purposely picked places near the water, but I thought a couple might have been landlocked. Like yep. Babylon, I think is going to be tricky to get to, unless you're going up those those rivers you that might not exist. There. Tigris? Or am I going to Garden of Eden? I have no idea. Okay. Does she mention other areas in Egypt? There are. I admit there are some locations that she mentions that I, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with. We're currently looking at a giant globe I brought here, but I realized... From 1943. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which could be the same globe that she was looking at in the studio when they wrote this yeah. song. Yeah. Can you tell me what the capital of Prussia is? <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a look here. I might take a, a little while to find... Favorite lyric? You got a favorite lyric on here? The lyrics are, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of, well, it's repetition, right? She's naming countries, sail away, sail away. Like it's, the, the strength of the song isn't necessarily uh, the uh, the lyrics, uh, the the words, right? But the, the music and the way she sings it is just very, it's very beautiful in the way that it flows. And Orinoco flow, Orinoco is, is the name of a river. And also the uh, um, recording studio where where she recorded this album. Right. So I think the way that the song moves and the way that the song flows lends itself to the, to the title, and it's just uh, it sort of carries you around, right? Like it's it has movement to it. We should also mention that in addition to all the locations around the world that she mentions, is that she also talks about the Warner executive who signed her to a recording contract, Rob Dickens. Is the weirdest part of the song. <laughs> I know, right? 
We can steer, we can near with Rob Dickens at the wheel. We can sigh, say goodbye, Ross and his dependencies. We can sail, we can sail. Yeah, there, there's clearly a verse in there that is just a, a shout out to music execs. It's just a name dropping yeah. of, yeah. Now the Ross, goodbye Ross and his dependencies is a shout out to the engineer, but they're also talking about the Ross dependencies that's in Antarctica, uh, which I believe is either, well, I think it's oh, either. So that's a double meaning. It's a double meaning. When I was a kid and I heard this song for the first time, I thought it was the most amazing song I had ever heard. I mean, I feel that, I know I said that about the last 27 songs we've done, (laughs) but there was something about this song, and Enya mentions this, that there was nothing else on the radio at that time like this. Yeah. So I know Chariots of Fire came out a few years Mm -hmm. earlier, and so there was Mm -hmm. ethereal type of music, but this was music that we hadn't heard before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting part is that Nicky Ryan is not interested in Irish mythology like his spouse who wrote all the lyrics. Mm -hmm. He's not really interested in the sort of church music and classical music that Anya is going towards. He's interested in the Beach Boys and Phil Spector. So what he's doing with the sounds is he's actually hearkening back to a 1960s sort of vibe. Yeah. But he's bringing it into the sort of new age music, which Enya hates. She does not want her music to be labeled as new age. But oh, okay. there was something about this that felt so brand new to us, even though he was taking his cues from some pretty famous people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. I think great new age, you know, new age music has had a kind of a resurgence in the last, um, you know, 10 or 15, 10 years or so. And one of the things that makes that music, you know, it's been a music that's been derided for a long time. And I think, but one of the things that makes some the, some of the new age music new age is that it's a combination of traditional elements and, and kind of futuristic elements. So synthesizers yeah. combined with folk uh, music and other forms of uh, traditional forms of music. It's that kind of confluence that this, you know, this song by Enya kind of perfectly uh, marries as well. Like what you're saying, Bill, it's the, the combination of the Nicky Ryan's kind of interest in, in technology with Enya's more classical um, background and Roma Ryan's interest in mythology and lore. Geography. Geography. <laughs> this one, this one. I mean, the other stuff, they, they do go deep into, like, Irish mythology and stuff like this. But this one is she – I mean, I don't know all these like, – she knows a lot of places. Yeah. I didn't know about Ross dependencies. I wouldn't know to make a joke about that. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Well, can we talk a little bit about New Age music a yeah. little more? We can. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, we can – we can do anything we want. Yeah. Well, I think well, I, th- I I think it's absolutely right that it was something completely new. Um, but you were you well, were it's mentioning- not old age; it's new age. So <laughs> I kind of ruined the vibe here by uh, mentioning <laughs> this. But I had I made a list of I made a list of artists that were kind of try- were kind of on major labels that were almost approaching the success of Enya. Not that, I mean, she had kind of an outstanding success, but, you know, there was Vangelis, there was Tangerine Dream that was pretty popular. They were pretty popular, German uh, group. 
Jean-Michel Jarre, who was a kind of a, almost an artist that was like Vangelis. Kataro, who was like a Japanese synthesizer artist. Brian Eno was kind of in yeah. this vein as well, right? Um, Mike Oldfield, I think, maybe is also the a kind of cognate um, artist, kind of like Enya, because he's using synthesizers, but he's also interested in uh, folk traditions and, and lore and things like that. But Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield in the 70s was like big time, right? Yeah. And then there was like a there was like a, a label um called Wyndham Hill that was really popular and had a whole bunch of artists on it like Shadow Facts and William Ackerman and George Winston. And I think that those artists were really like when you have an association with New Age music as being kind of bland and like musical wallpaper, that's I think that's the, the type of stuff that you know that most closely matches people's association with yeah. that mm. that type of music but i think what the enya orinoco flow does is it really brings kind of more melody and song structure but marrying it to that um that new age sensibility and sonic experience yeah and i think it kind of gave gave rise to in the in the early 90s there was a there's a little bit of a, a resurgence like we said uh yanni probably came out at around that time but right so uh enigma right oh yeah. i was gonna yeah enigma <laughs> i have yes. that written down here too <laughs> so yeah. I, I it's a it's sort of a it, yeah gave rise to to groups like that and uh you know mm-hmm. sadness part how many parts of sadness are there <laughs> is this enigma yeah which is the one where um Oh, return to innocence. Return to return, innocence. Yeah, return yeah, yeah. to innocence. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the song? Oh, geez, that's uh. I know, I know what mine is. Can I, can yeah. I go? Um, my favorite part of the song is the turn it up, turn yeah, it up, okay, yeah. turn it up. Um, Bye, adieu. <laughs> because it, you know, I think this, this song is kind of like an anthem a little bit, you know, it's, it's new agey, but it is an anthem. It's very like light and bouncy and it has an anthemic quality to it, I think. And that is kind of the break before they burst back into the, the kind of the main refrain and uh, melody. And uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's like um, when you're at the, at the disco and it's where the the part where the the song kind of gets quiet for a little bit before it bursts back in at full force. Before the bass drops. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that part too, but uh, there's also musically there's the bam 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 bam, and I'm doing that I'm doing the hand motions to to this, and I would say that my uh, telling of it here is almost as good as what Enya recorded. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Is it like a synthy harp 
Is that would that be fair to say this? Well, is that's it, what I was thinking. I, yeah. Well, it was done on a, a Roland synth. All, all the Very all good. the music, right? I think there were like a di- a number of different synthesizers used, maybe. But I did hear about the Roland, yeah, being prominent among them. Yeah, we should also mention the multi-tracked vocals. Yes, there is online. If you go to YouTube, there's a clip of her singing in France, mm-hmm. and she's doing a live version of Orinoco Flow, and it's not good <laughs> I, I mean her vocals don't work in it mm-hmm. and i think it was supposed to be like most 80s things a lip sync but they left her mic on and so you could hear her singing along with it and it just oh, didn't okay. sound good because the whole key to this song is what nikki ryan wanted to do in that production is they're layering those sounds she talks about this too that's a very long process yeah it's like you're in a in an old cathedral and her voice is just booming off every single wall and then hitting you in the center. There's not one Enya, there is a choir of Enyas. Yes. Which is kind of weird when you think about her kind of her desire for like independence and autonomy. Like she can't be in a band like Clannad. She has to be kind of by herself, but in order to be by herself, she has to kind of multiply herself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is where the futuristic part comes in. She's yeah. a she's, she's a clone. A, she's a clone. Yeah. This is a band called Anya. This yeah. is not a singer. It's a band. Right. We got uh we got deep here, guys. We can sing. They recorded the entire album in analog, and then they went to the studios in London and re-recorded it digitally. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's an analog version of this? See, I'm unclear on, on whether they would have used some of the analog recordings in the in the digital or if they had just re-recorded everything. But I remember seeing that, that Nicky Ryan, the engineer, said that they had some tracks that had 200 separate vocal tracks. Oh, wow. Which is... Yeah, crazy. Phil Spector did a wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Nikki Ryan does a wall of voice. Oh, okay. And Anya's voice is the instrument. Oh, okay. That he's working with. That Anya is the synth he's working with. Right. She is the machine. And she kind of disappears a little bit, like, right, right? She's not as, I mean, there's a difference between like listening to a Celine Dion song where it's like, it's Celine or it's yeah. Diana Ross or something like that. You're listening to. Enya, but you're also listening to Enya's. Yeah. Yeah. It's an uncanny experience, but not an unpleasant one. No. But you wouldn't want to mess with Enya. Well, I know someone who did. Okay. Do Do you personally know someone or you've read about someone? (laughs) The Fugees. Oh, yes. Very good. Okay. Go on. This is good. Well, the Fugees used uh, an earlier um, Enya track boa i'm gonna not pronounce it right baodicea baodicea correct yeah Yeah. on their like their breakout album on on the on their their song yeah that what was the name of that album the score the score yeah Yeah. score it was on the score yeah right but the so they didn't um they didn't credit enya for the sample and there were some there was some back and forth some legal back and forth and apparently Enya was able to get about $3 million out of them. She made them write a 
put a sticker on every single CD saying that Enya was on it because they credited others they sampled but did not oh, credit really? Enya. She's also concerned about rap music. <laughs> that was where it was getting. I was like, oh, Enya. Oh, don't say this. She's <laughs> like, I don't know because they have the parental advisory and I don't want my music associated with that. But then she wasn't sure if her fans would like her uh, music being associated yeah, with rap. Yeah, and the manager called to say, "No, no, these are po- they're positive." Oh, good. Well, they're positive. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess she was okay with Puff Daddy years later doing yeah. that. Yeah, I have a feeling there was a lot more going on there that hasn't been really told. Yeah. Well, some people are really protective of their music. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, please don't come after us. We're going to get a cease and desist, aren't we? <laughs> if she comes over and physically tells us not to use it, like that's then it's worth it, I think, right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you're a serious podcast unless you get a cease and desist order. Well, exactly. We haven't made the big time yet. Right. So tell us no, Enya. Come here and tell us to stop playing your music. So we move into the free for all section now. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of all over the place. Okay, good. So. That's good. All right, unless you guys have more uh, history on on. This Can I or... say more about my associate? Oh, I don't really yeah, have that many associations. Actually, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember the first time that I heard Orinoco flow. I only associate it with a dentist's office. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like most of the music that is covered on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that goes right to the category. Where would you hear this? But yeah. dentist office. I was going to, I had a list of things, but dentist's office is a definite. Would you hear this in a yoga class? Oh, yeah. But he, but I think it has to be a beginner's yoga class because yeah. the, the, the big time yogis are going to other music. Yeah, they're just like, oh, this is a little uh, mainstream for their liking. I think it would have to be the finishing song of a yoga class because it, it is, as I said, triumphant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting massaged to your Orinoco flow. Maybe to Beodicea because that's kind mm-hmm. of yeah. dark and mysterious it's a hot rocks type of massage song right that's how i like my massages dark and mysterious i just want to bring this up in terms of the music the very beginning of the song sounds like we're walking in on it and it's already been playing so i kept getting thrown off because every time i try to play it i'm like why is it starting midway through the song yeah it doesn't have a sudden like here's the first beat it feels like it's just starting midway through something yeah so i don't know what's going on there but it's jarring me (laughs) it's a very jarring song I'm completely untrained in uh, any type of musical vocabulary whatsoever, even though I'm uh, a lover of music, as I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, isn't it like counterpoint? Isn't like that the idea of like the ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding? But it feels like we don't get the ding. It just starts with a ding, ding. Is that oh, okay. I don't, I don't know how to... 
We're using very technical <laughs> yeah. terms here. But it feels like it's going. It's... You, you fit in very, very nicely <laughs> with, the, with your knowledge of a musical yeah. terms. Well, we're... I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking more about our feelings, right? Yeah. And Anya says, so when people hear her songs, they put their feelings to it and then they make meaning out of her song through their feelings and the song becomes the property of the listener okay okay so uh, i have a question for for you um where would you like to hear this song huh that's a good question i asked my mom when she would like to listen to the song and she said while making dinner Oh, okay. I was going a little more over the top. I'm like, well, if I was on a beach, Costa Rica, it'd be nighttime and there'd be the winds blowing off of the oh, wow. surf into my hair. And then I'd hear the Orinoco flow playing in the background and then I would be happy. Wow. I'm, ne- I'm never going to forget that image. Yeah. I don't know. Hiking in the hills of Ireland. That's a little too on the nose though, right? Hmm. You're allowed to feel what you feel, Frank. Yeah, because I own the song now. That's what Enya said, right? You own it. So, so we, you wanna... we will never get a cease and desist because we own this song. This is our song. So do we get some of the money for it? I think we should. I want my sticker on every single <laughs> album. Say <laughs> This song mentioned on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. So uh, your mom will think of her cooking. How old for you would it be for panic driving your brother to uh, the airport? Right. So over the past few days, I've been listening to this Orinoco flow at different moments during the day and subjecting like the people around me to it, um, sometimes to their pleasure, sometimes to their displeasure. And then so on tonight, I, I drove my brother to a train station and we were a little bit late and we kind of got lost and we were potentially going to miss the train. So I was doing some creative driving and I said, put on Orinoco flow now. Let's see how it works in an urgent situation. And um, it worked pretty well. It was kind of both a score to the journey, and then it was a little bit calming, too. So I think it worked. So if you're in an urgent situation, maybe put on Orinoco Flow. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to play a little game with you here. I'm going to give you a sentence and you're going to complete it for me. Okay, ready for this? Yes. Moon dance is to jazz what Enya is to. Not jazz? Okay. New age music. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, fun game, you two. All right, let's try again. Is Moondance a jazz song? No, it's, it's not. not. My friends are jazz musicians lose their minds when people say, could you play that moon dance song? Like, oh, I'm not I playing see. moon okay. dance. But Wait, if, so do you not think that this is a new age? I feel it is, but I don't know new age. I know uh, I've talked to others who are like um, adamant this is not because this is so popular. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, wow. like, because it's so... It's too mainstream. It's mainstream, but also memorable. It's like, has this sort of pop music sensibility yeah. that... That, that's just an example of people's categories interfering with their experience. Their conceptual categories are interfering with the reality, which is that this is a great new age pop song. Yep. All right, Moon Dance, you are a great jazz song. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, here's another one. All right, ready. Uh, is Vangelis to running what Anya is to? 
Rowing. Sailing. Oh! oh. <laughs> this might be the worst game ever. Yeah, it's weird that we didn't say anything about, like, would I like to listen to this song while I was sailing? Would you categorize this song as yacht rock? No. Ooh, good question. Why not? Well, one is... sailing. <laughs> but it's it not is. rock. It's not rock. Listen to yacht rock. Is that rock? Yes. No. The, the definition well, of yacht rock is West Coast... Like L.A. perfect session musicians coming on and doing things. But, I mean, that's being pedantic, as yeah. they say. But Don't put any in a box. Yeah, she's not, but it's definitely not rock. It's not approaching rock. Oh, no. But I feel like um, people will listen to this on a yacht. Like, they might have thrown down their Holland Oats and their Christopher Cross mm-hmm. and their Michael McDonald and all that stuff. But at the end of the night, when people are kind of passed out and the boat's just rocking, yep. there's some Enya playing. Oh, so, okay. So there's a f- famous kind of genre of music that's called Balearic music. And it okay. is music that is played on the Balearic islands of Spain. And it was a genre of music that was invented f- to go to a place, these cafes, and they had DJs there playing while the sun rose. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was kind of like you've been like pumping your body all night long to disco or to, you know, high energy music. And then so you're you're kind of coming down, but you still need something that's in that kind of vein. And Enya's Ornico Flow would have been at the center of any of those playlists. Okay. Yeah. So you'd be listening to like Ornico Flow. You'd be listening to like Kate Bush. Um, I don't know what. Um, I'm going to blank on different kind of Running classic Balearic songs. Yeah. yeah. So it does have that association with the sea because you're watching the sun come up over the sea, but you're not literally sailing. Yeah. Okay. All right. There we go. Are you satisfied now, Frank? I guess. Because Enya says this is a visual song. Mm-hmm. And we've talked at length about whether or not our songs could be Hallmark movies. I think this is this is a pretty big song to just be Hallmark. Yeah. What type of movie should this song be featured in or what type of movie should be made about this song? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, it has a very kind of springtime feel to me. Maybe a romantic uh, film, a romantic comedy. That makes sense. Would it t- take place on a boat, or is that too on the nose? Yeah, I don't think I don't think on a boat. I can see it. Um, maybe someone's first day on the job, mm. and they're kind of as a fishmonger. <laughs> no, they're working as a a file clerk in a big uh, building at a fishmonger company in New York City. Uh, and they're not really sure where they're going yet. So they're asking all the different people, you know, where do I go? How do I get uh, to this office? Okay. They're riding up an elevator. It's crowded. They're wearing their first day clothes. There's fish all over the place. They're riding up the elevator. It's kind of scrunchy. People have like coffee. There's maybe like coffee spilling and they've got papers. And then they're kind of stumbling into the office floor and they trip and spill the papers down. But then the camera's kind of on the ground as this person is gathering papers, but then you just see the feet of some someone who's wearing a suit walk up and the camera pans up and it's this really handsome guy in a suit. And he kneels down and helps gather the papers. I heard this sort of bass drum kick dun, when he dun, went down. Yeah. 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 Wow.
Wow, Anya, this is going to be a great movie. <laughs> I had an idea like a magic realism type of thing where about the power of the imagination. That maybe uh, That's stuck. way better. <laughs> I don't think it is, but <laughs> thank you. Someone's stuck in some sort of situation where they need to use their imagination to, to kind of go out into the world and that this would be the theme song of it. Right. I think that works really well, actually. Maybe like an animated, mm. maybe one of those like studio uh, Ghibli productions. That could work, yeah. Oh, it's just thinking anime because yeah. Japan loves anime. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm really hoping that this episode finally gets us some lessons in Japan. Yeah. I think she sold like a million copies of her stuff in Japan. And it's just like, I've watched concerts that she's done there. Mm-hmm. Gotta say, watching her do her concerts in Japan, uh, it sounds almost identical to the studio version. What are you, what are you saying, Bill? Well... Maybe she sounds better in Japan than she does in Paris. It would have sounded like the studio had her mic not been on. Yeah. This one just seems like she wasn't really too close. I don't even know if she had a mic on. Here, so... here comes the cease and desist line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a whole entire orchestra playing too, and they're all playing like real instruments. Uh, not to say synth is not a real instrument, but yeah. they're playing instruments like this sounds like a synth. That yeah. doesn't sound like a viola. Yeah. So it felt like... But they were all in on it, and they were all cool with it. And she won an award, and and hey. There we go. That's good. Yeah. If she wins an award, she can't be, like, it's, like, it's got to be real, right? Rewards are real. Yeah. So, song universe, or song family. Well, good. If this song was, was at a family gathering, the sort of, like, loser cousin of this song, which, you know... Just like really can't get a good shake at life would be Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Oh. Because they're just naming places. Oh, that's a great call. Excellent. And even though Brian Wilson didn't have anything to do with Kokomo, Nikki Ryan is trying to do the Brian Wilson thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's really good. Oh, I can't match it because I was just going to say a lot of I'm going to mic drop and walk out of here right now. This is, uh, this is. Did Kokomo come out after this? I think so, yeah. Oh, really? It's near, well, the cocktail soundtrack, this is around the same time. It's it's close to the same so, time, but I think I think Kokomo came out right. afterwards. Yeah. So song family. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out what the category. I would say maybe Chariots of Fire. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, would, I would say sonically, I, w- I would put it, and this is just me, again, a little bit too on the nose, would be with uh, Sinead O'Connor's uh, Nothing Compares to You. Oh, that's great. And they're also, I think that, I think Enya also appears on a Sinead O'Connor song. She uh, appears on that, on her first album. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So I have like Song Universe, but it's also mixtape, but I, I like Song Universe for this one. Yeah. Lisa Stanfield, Been Around the World. Oh, I can't there find we go. My yeah, baby. yeah, 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 yeah. They don't match at all, but both yeah. go around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess also Around the World by da- Daft Punk. If I, uh, I like being especially literal with yeah. where I go here. <laughs> if, we're, if we're doing travel songs, yeah. Rome by the B-52s. Well, that's a good one too. Yeah. So I have a... Uh, I brought up the top songs that came out when Orinoco Flow was kind of peaking on the charts. Would we like to go with the American chart or the Canadian chart? Yeah, let's do Canadian. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, starting at number 10, She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals. Mm-hmm. 
End of the line, Traveling Wilburys, number nine. Oh, nice. Number eight, If a Tree Falls, Bruce Coburn. Bruce Coburn, nice. Number seven, You Got It by Roy Orbison. Number six. So he's on twice. Yeah. Nice. Number six, Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Number five, Straight Up, Paula Abdul. Number four, Orinoco Flow by Anya. I think you knew that already. Number three, Good Times by Tom Cochran and Red Rider. Number two, The Living Years, Mike of the Mechanics. And number one, Debbie Gibson, Lost in Your Eyes. That's a pretty solid playlist. Yeah. It's a really good playlist. And Orinoco Flow is the most different yeah. of that whole Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you think um, accounts for why this song was yeah. being so different, became was able to become so popular? Because this, of all those tunes, I mean, I, I think the Wilburys and the Orbison also would appeal to the market, but older listeners, so people in their 40s and above, would have gone crazy for Enya, and they did. And then all over the place. But I think, like, I think this hits right up the age charts from, like, the young to the old. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That's my, my take. That makes sense. Myoma didn't play any Enya. She played a lot of Chris DeBerg, but not Enya. <laughs> Lady so, in Red? Yeah, Lady in Red yeah. was big well, yeah. at that time. What do you think? Um, what's the question? Uh, your question. Where are we? A podcast? <laughs> yeah, oh, so, okay. Where am I? Um, wh- what do I think about why yeah, it was why, so popular? Why do people like this? I think it goes back to the... Their, even if New Age music wasn't the most popular genre of music, it was still part of a kind of zeitgeist that was happening from the 70s through the 80s. And that Enya figured out a way to combine new age elements with a melodic structure like an anthemic melodic structure that was undeniably catchy and 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 that made people recognize it something as something new and it was also familiar it was a combination i think of novelty and familiarity maybe everyone knew chariots of fire i feel like it came out and everyone talked about so there was a there was an appetite for it. But I think what prevented people from liking new age music was it's kind of, it didn't, it seemed to kind of be like, it didn't have like a spine or a structure, you know, it was kind of, you know, people thought of it as like wallpaper or music that you would hear at a spa or something right. like this or during meditation, but just as kind of background music. And this, this is definitely not background music. It's got the hooks, Frank, it's got a hook. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to call this, instead of Yacht Rock, what do you think about Spa Rock? Spa Rock? Okay, yeah. That sure, works. sure, sure. That works. Um, Can I talk about all the different dance remixes of this song? Yes. Okay. Uh, I listened to all these yesterday. Um, there is a remix of the song in almost every different type of dance genre there is, from House to Euro House to Acid House um, high energy, Italo, happy hardcore. There's actually two happy hardcore versions. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to recommend to people the dance remixes they can seek out on YouTube to enjoy the song in kind of a more, in almost a different, you know, maybe with beats that will allow them to move their body a bit more. I think it's a dance song already, but, um, the first one I listened to was the Tiesto remix, and he's a very popular guy. Not very good. Yeah. 
I recommend the Mel and Nye Club Mix from 1991. Um, there's also a band called Joys that did a track called Oric Nico Flow 93 in brackets Sail Away. That's the kind of more acid house version. Okay. That's a great one. And then there's a happy hardcore track by a band called Mr. Monkey called Flow. So they don't even say Orinoco, so it's a little bit tricky to find, but it's by Mr. Monkey. It's from 1999 and it's called Flow. And it's it's quite good. It's definitely more high energy. We're talking yeah. north of 130 beats per minute on that one. Then uh, there's a Thomas Stouffer remix, which is a more contemporary remix that people might like. And and if you like uh, progressive trance music, you're going to want to check out an outfit called Mara who did a track called Ornico in 1998. So that's my that's my recommendations. Don't bother with Tiesto. Don't bother with Tiesto. Don't bother with Speedo Gang's Ornico Flow. Don't bother with Cristiano's Ornico Flow Planet Earth Hispano mix. And I haven't listened to the Prodigy versus Enya smack up the Ornico flow mashup, but no, 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 no. No, I think that's probably more just an exercise in being clever than anything uh, interesting. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you, Nathan, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, been definitely been a trip down memory lane for us, I think, and uh, great to grab your insights on this song. And we wish you the best as you uh, sail away to New York. Thank you. Thank you.